0: There's a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity.
1: That's very really profound. Very. Great. Welcome to the Expanding Reality. I'm today's guest, Mark Palmer. Some people call me Mark Steves.
0: Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have the creator of Alt Media United, as well as the host of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. It is Mark Steves. All of the ways, of course, to find him will be linked in the show notes. All of the ways to expand your experience with us here on the show will be linked down there as well. So without any further ado, let's get to this awesome episode with Mark Steves. Ready to go, dude. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, reptilioids, aliens, uh, time travelers, everyone alike. If you're listening to this, welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas, and of course, we have our amazing guest, Mark Steves, on today. Mark, how the fuck are you doing, dude?
1: I'm doing real well. Glad to be here for the first time. Glad to be talking to you for. Uh I think maybe the 5th or 6th, 7th, 8th time. I mean, if we're going to count the off-air conversations, too. So, this is going to be fun. I'm ready to get into it.
0: It's just going to be a hang, and I'm really looking forward to it as well. You run, of course, the amazing show, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, which I love. Uh, that is what the title of this episode will be, just simply based on that it's amazing. And it's. And I'm way more uh, sympathetic to that lately, and you and I may get into that today. We may not. But uh, you also do the Alt Media United, which I am a part of, which I am extremely grateful for. And, dude, you just do like such an amazing job and we were just kind of chatting before on hand here and we've had previous conversations you've graciously had me on your show and I'm grateful for that and uh we've just you've just been like this awesome lighthouse man and I just um you know wanted to tell you how grateful I am for you but also just let you know that I'm pumped up just to have you on my show dude this is great so uh how how's everything going with you man
1: really well. I mean, you know, and that's just like a nice, polite way to not, you know, dump all my personal crap on you. But, you know, (laughs) life is life is average as usual. I'm just a normal guy. And uh, and that really means a lot to me to hear that, because two years ago, I was just a random dude listening to podcasts. You know, I didn't know Tripoli. I didn't know Eddie Bravo. I still don't know Eddie Bravo, you know, like (laughs) and and now I feel like there's a tremendous amount of respect that people give me. And I, I like to just, you know, uh be very clear in the sense that I know part of it is because I work for Sam and, and part of it is because Sam's helped me get to where I'm at so much. And because of that, I said, well I can't just be this, you know, guy who has a show and and works for Tripoli and and, and you know, like gatekeeper was the feeling that I was getting. And I'm like, you know what? A cooperative is the opposite of that, because it's inclusive, it's supportive and it's voluntary, right? So when Alex Sikaris and I had the opportunity or like the, the time on hand to create this, you know, that's the direction we took it. It could have went in the direction of a network. It could have went in the direction of a production company. But I took it in the direction of a cooperative because I felt like podcasting has been totally... Um, you know, and I'm not a sociologist or anything. I don't know the official terms, but it's been very like mutually beneficial on all fronts. You know, there's very, very minimal competition in podcasting. And I think the people who are competitive have the wrong idea of what they're really doing, you know, because, you know, as you've seen, there's so much room for us to share content with each other, share, share time with each other and create these amazing conversations that I used to benefit so much from as a listener and now have the opportunity of, you know, creating and taking part in them for future listeners.
0: You're 100% right. Um, I was just talking to Chris Matthew last night. We were talking about this as well, uh, that it is this cooperative and it's a rising tide raises all ships kind of model, which we all follow, man. We are all strong and hard on the law of abundancy and we practice it all the time but like you said man I've benefited so much just from these conversations and that's why that whole like oh I'm in competition with these guys never fucking crossed my mind dude it is the furthest thing I'm excited to be cooperative with you guys because y'all are absolutely incredible like all the times that i talk to you guys i learn more it, it gets more comfortable like and you as just people i know that we've never met face to face in person but you're a brother man i mean and that's that's a beautiful thing and i think we all kind of feel this this camaraderie you know that comes in with uh, exploring these ideas especially because they're french topics and it's great that we can all kind of be i guess beacons of light for folks to come find and to find people out there having discussions not like what you're hearing around your normal water cooler at your job and uh that's that's, i think beneficial stuff you know like that's where you get dragged down because when you're
1: as aware as you and i are and and i imagine all the listeners of this show are as aware as we all are and you hear that water cooler talk being as bland and as diminutive as it is it really just like i don't know for me personally drove a heart uh, stake into my heart, like, Oh man, like this is a world I'm in. And it's such a relief to be, you know, with all the that come with being connected to cyberspace, it's a relief to be connected to um, people who see the, the same truths. And, and that's not because I enjoy being in an echo chamber, but it's like really, really like, I think fundamentally human to be a part of uh, a, a tribe, you know, maybe a better word clan. Now that I say that out loud, probably the worst word you can use <laughs> uh, in today's climate, but you know, that's in more, our small communities, yeah. yeah, in our, in a, in a small community of people who see the world, at least uh, in a similar way you do, you know, we don't have to see eye to eye, but I think that's, what's so cool about the podcasting realm too, is like, I listened to, you know, one podcast for a couple of years and then, you know, something changed and I found another podcast and I listened to that for a couple of years, you know, and that's now slight to the the former podcast it's just, you know, my taste changed and that's how consensual podcasting is. It's like, you know, I'm on to the next one, new information, you know, and I hope people find that with my show and and the same thing with the guests too, like if you listen to my show find brand brandon thomas and then you become like a number one expanding reality fan i don't care like that's awesome i'm glad i introduced you to him you know what i mean i'm not
0: trying to keep everybody on my show
1: you know it's like it it does what it does
0: for me and if it does something for you that's a plus I feel the exact same. And that's why and that's what I tell people. Look, I'm not like selling books and shit. And I don't put links to people in the show notes so that I can be like, only I can contact them and you can. It's like, no, no, no. I put all that shit out there. It's not even about me at all. That's why there aren't pictures of me and shit everywhere. It's it's about the guests, it's about the ideas. And this is what I promote and push. That's why I like with you guys, man. It's it's just all about the connection. It's all about the ideas. And go talk to these people. You know, reach out. If we have another podcaster, go check out their damn show. That's why We had you on because I like you, but I want people to go hear your show because I like your show. And so that's like the way that this works. And it's only an expansion of ideas, you know, and back to what you said about liking a show for a little while, this is analogous to like a band or something, you know, so bands have a style and then they exist within a certain, let's say five to 10 year window, if they're lucky. And then that style changes for all of society, right? Now, some folks like Green Day or Metallica can just ride that out, right? But- a lot of times a lot of your past memories a lot of uh, old relationships and things are wrapped up into some key songs and stuff which is also why bands fall off it's like oh i'll never listen you know to the Goo, Goo dolls again cuz i like my girlfriend loved that and she broke my heart and now you're just over that band it had nothing to do with them it had to do with the memory you had associated with it but what i find interesting about what you said about and i think that a good podcaster or somebody that delivers interesting information to stay interesting is to evolve with their audience you know like this show that's why it's called expanding I wanted the verb or always doing it. It's not finite, you know this is a continuing process, and I grow with the audience, and that's I do that through sharing ideas with folks like you, man well, and that's that's
1: a perfect segue to my uh my plan to reveal my plan that in the future the pa- the podcast will be titled "My family Thought I was crazy.", ah,
0: I like that yeah, yeah it's uh it's optimistic, right? because it's like they change their mind. It's like they used to, but now they're on board.
1: But now I'm like hanging out with Joe Rogan and I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the big mansion and all that. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's like, you know, thank you for saying all those kind things. I think that's why, you know, the show's resonated with so many people because that title rings so true to people who are trying to expand their reality. I mean, quite honestly, most people I've found... This isn't anything against them. The world is overwhelming in many ways, and it's not always easy to expand your reality. But I think there's a certain person or a quality in a person where you see like, oh, okay, this person is striving to improve themselves on a physical, mental, or spiritual level. And then there's another group of people who, for whatever reason, they get blocked, you know, and or they just never saw that side of life, unfortunately. And I don't I hope my show can be a bridge to feeling more confident in that because you're you like resonate with the title like yeah my family thinks i'm crazy too what am i gonna do about it and then you you find out like oh this guy uh david way moved out of california and went to china and became a monk you know like that was an inspiring episode i did like yes, or maybe yes. sean beau who had like a crazy mushroom experience and connected with Thoth and then now his parents are like okay be a professional skateboarder we understand sean we love yeah. you you know like that dude I feel is like awesome that, He is. He is. I hope he comes on the show if he hasn't already, because I think he's going to start his own podcast soon. But either way, you know, there's so many um, people out there in the world. And when you realize like, oh, wow, I'm not alone on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there are people whose family thinks they're crazier than I am. Now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like use me as the as the buffer. Like my family thinks I'm nuts, you know? Like if your family just kind of thinks you're crazy, then you're doing you're doing pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, my family thinks I'm batshit right now. So I may have one up to you lately. Uh, it's been a very interesting ride. Just a little peek behind the curtain with me. But what do you think the deal is psychologically with that split? What's inherent for folks to and it it doesn't even seem like half, I'll be honest with you. I don't know from my perspective, it just seems about like an 80, 20, If we're lucky, 20% of us are like us, right? Um, But it seems like this overwhelming majority kind of follow this narrative or this script or this program. Uh, So what do you think that has to do with? Why do you think that there's a certain number of people that are always looking for truth and others, no matter what evidence is presented, won't look at it at all?
1: Well, I think comfortability plays a role in it, you know, and and I'm a little... Uh, jaded in the sense that, like where I'm from, people tend to be on the either highest end of the spectrum as far as wealth or the lowest. Like, there's really not that much mid range, and the mid range in in Connecticut, where I'm from, is pretty up there. It's not like a, a middle class like it is in most states. So I think here I'm a little jaded because, like, I've seen the the disparity i've seen the intellectuality of like those ivy league universities up close and personal like working around people like that and realizing like okay you guys aren't as intelligent as you put on you're you know yeah. filling this role and once i realized that that they everybody's just playing a role and like the impression we have of these people in these you know gilded towers isn't what they'd like us to you know. see, uh, it, it really shook me up and, and made me realize like, oh, okay, I can be uh, equal to these people. Because for the longest time in my life, I was uh, in a sort of lack mindset of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. All these kind of thoughts came through my mind, which creates a fear to do better, and I think most people resonate with that. Like they 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 compare themselves to the world around them, and then they strive for better. But it's a it's a sort of out of fear. And I think where that switched for me was when I started acting out of love. And I think that isn't exactly the uh, the incentivized modus operandi for our society. I think our society incentivizes that fear mindset more than it incentivizes that love mindset. I think you could still get to the truth from the fear mindset, but I think there's a certain quality to, um, I guess you would say uh, agape, which is like not love for yourself or your community, but like love on a metaphysical higher realm, sort of love for all. I think when you connect with that, you start to really... Um, erase those in, those boundary lines that society creates and you start to see the bigger picture the whole right and it's a feeling that pushes you towards understanding more and more because we're all curious and I think that love energy is something that unfortunately most people are incentivized out of Diving into deeper. You know, they love everybody, loves in the sense of like they love themselves or they love somebody in their life. But to love the whole world, I think, is an energy that carries you towards something greater than yourself because you're making a decision in that moment. And at every time you push that feeling forward of um, self sacrifice in the sense of like, Not that you're going to be a martyr, but that your immediate little toilings and all the little things you have to get done in your life become less and less important in the wider, grander scope of things. And when you can align those toilings, those things you do daily with that greater scope of things, I think people who are in that fear mindset are like, what is this guy or gal doing? Like, you know, it just comes off strange because people are taught that the world is a certain way. And when you really learn to, I don't know, feel past that, I think it happens to people by accident through trauma or through isolation or through that feeling I described of like knowing I was smart, but seeing what I was up against and trying to justify those odds in some way, and a whole happy heaping help of cannabis uh, <laughs> definitely uh, helped out, if I could butcher that. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think cannabis and love, man, really were the the two things that vibrated me towards this other understanding that. My family thinks I'm crazy for, you know, and that, <laughs> and that comes from like how I view politics, how I view society, how I view dieting, how I view just my emotions and and how like I respond to certain things. Like the other day, my aunt asked me like, "What's going on, Mark? You know, kind of like uh, what's new?" That was the question she asked. What's new? And I I, I was real honest with her. I love my aunt. I was real honest with her. I said. I said, if I told you, I, I mean, I don't know what I think about on a given day is not, you know, the average, what yes. the average person thinks about. And she got so upset. She's like, what do you mean? You think you're so smart blowing smoke up your butt? Like, you know, like and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, you know, you're not going to think about ley lines or or stone alignments or, you know, the ancient history of this continent we're on like and that's what i've been thinking about this week on jocelyn so you know a lot yeah yeah and then she hit me with the, well why does that matter like you're you know what why is it why would it matter to me you know and, and i'm really paraphrasing this because it happened two weeks ago but my my thought was like well it does matter you're just not aware of why it matters and you interact with ley lines and these stone alignments throughout your your week Cause you drive by some of them, you know, at least the ones that I've noticed. So it's like, you do kind of, this does affect you on a really, really subtle level. And that's what I'm usually concerned with is that other level of reality that the average person isn't. So help me out here. Throw me the, throw me the, <laughs> the, the, um, lifeboat.
0: Yeah, Exactly. It does feel, though, that those people that are out there, including family members, man, I mean, it's like this system, whatever the hell this place is, you know, and I say this all the time, I've been questioning the actual substance of reality itself. Like, what the fuck is this place, right? But one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is, is that the adversaries here, although they're large in number, they're supposed to be that way to stand out, to be so ridiculous as to be the obvious not way to go. And it's almost like it's set up here to lead people to this conclusion now some people may play a role here and you might look at them as like non-player characters or something like that or just artifacts of the matrix or whatever but it does feel like uh that that there's an overwhelming adversity here and that it does take the hero's journey to kind of step into those roles and to say man there's got to be something more to this and to kind of follow that and pursue it even and especially at the threat of ostracization, right? At the threat of being thrown out of the tribe because you're a wacko. But it's not like that anymore. It is a, a huge switch. And I did. Th- I do think that the my family thought I was crazy is great. And that's probably going to be truer than we know coming up. Because this great awakening or this grand shift in consciousness is definitely occurring. And I think we can all agree with this. You see people that are uh, having an awesome time with this, which are folks like me and you, because it's like, awesome. We got a bunch of new people to talk to and things to talk about and ideas to explore with a greater input because there are more people contributing to the conversation. And so, uh, but the the people who really have their shit figured out, air quotes for the audio only audience, then uh, they're having a really rough time with this right now. They're having a really rough time with their bellig- uh, belief systems, their religious systems, and what they thought their solid rigid world was based on is crumbling to the ground all around them and i feel bad for those people man because they made decisions to make really hard line choices in their their line in the sand uh and they lived by those quite well but now it feels like with this shift all of this stuff is just crumbling down man i mean do you empathize with that or have you seen any of that in your experience
1: yeah it's it's you know over here, where I'm at, it feels like people have leaned into the propaganda and, and like just, you know, gone with it because, like I said, there's that level of comfortability where it's still not affecting them. Yeah, the masks are uncomfortable, but so's their politics. Like they're, they're totally comfortable living with that political mindset. That's, that's the politics of it. I think people who are waking up are the people who aren't comfortable, who are like, oh, wow, this is, this is, coming a lot. I have to, you know, do the VP and I got to get the, you know, show that everywhere I go and get the jab and the cooties are everywhere. Give me a break already. You know, that's kind of how I feel about it. But at the same time, you know, my family for the most part, there doesn't seem like they're ready to do Thanksgiving or Christmas this year because of the, all the BS, you know? And so I don't think many people have, have woken up, to it i think they're just kind of uh unfortunately going along with uh whatever's going to make things go back to normal again you We're know that's
0: never <laughs> gonna fucking happen right. we know that but,
1: you know and this isn't quite my forte but what i will say uh, briefly about it is like my thought and i was saying this to tara yesterday is like they're going to push the this as far as they can, obviously for the crypto currency, the blockchain, the transhumanist smart city future. But I think that's where it stops is the cities. So what I was telling my, my girlfriend is like, I hope you enjoyed the last time we were in New York city. Cause that was it. Like that was the, that was the last time we're ever going to be in New York city as it kind of used to be. And it's still, you know, for the past five years has been weird. Uh, last year when I was there was, was pretty nice. Actually it was um, it was nice in the sense that like it was summertime. Nobody was forcing me to wear a mask when I was in certain places, but for the most part, everybody was wearing a mask. And then like the year before that, when it was just totally normal, it was just, you know, in my opinion, like I wouldn't know it, you know, I'm not in New York. I just go there every now and then it was, it was pretty chaotic. And like, I liked how calmed down it got, you know, but I don't think that they're going to be able to manage that chaos. I think it's going to go back to that chaos and and it's going to be mitigated with these new smart technologies and Watching people and and pushing people into a police state, and for folks like us, I think the the um, you know imperative is going to be just to not go to places like that, like to avoid places like that, and live your life in the more off grid rural areas where those changes aren't going to be so quick to you know affect the average, you know, rural and country town. I don't think they're going to be so quick with the 5G grid. I think we're looking at 50, 60 to maybe even hundred years before that stuff gets, you know, globalized, even if it like, if it even does, you know, I don't know. Like I, like I said, this isn't my forte. I didn't want to go into too far, but like that seems to be the ever present fear um right now and the average person has no idea that that's coming they just see it as like oh everybody's been getting sick we need to do this to stop people from getting sick and and folks in our community are like no 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 they're warming us up for some huge great reset you know and in my opinion i'm like trying to stay as positive as i can as centered in love as i can and i think that that doomsday of like a technocratic globalist you know hellscape is isn't a reality for me and i'm going to gravitate away from it like that's that's just the truth for me i can't say what's going to happen for the whole world but like i know on a personal level i'm not going to feed into that fear i'm not going to learn all about the little like ins and outs of the security state and the smart cities because I don't want to gravitate towards that. You know, I don't want my life to gravitate towards that. I'm not going to be the, you know, hero, John Connor, who fights the smart city and defeats Skynet. That's just not me. I'd rather connect with the mountain spirits and connect with the river spirits while they're still able to even interact with us. Cause they've been bogged down. I mean, you've talked to Michael one, he's talked about this 400 year spell that they put on the largest river or on the East coast, not the largest river in the United States, but the largest and oldest river in the East coast, which is the Susquehanna river. And, you know, they quite literally took it and, and locked it down energetically. Yep. So that's where I've been like interested in lately is how do I connect with these land spirits that have been calling to me my whole life? You know, really I've always been kind of fascinated with this sort of thing. And it wasn't only till really recently that I've begun to understand Um, how to fully interact with this other world that I've only sensed for maybe the past five years.
0: Well, I, for one, am going to start a GoFundMe for people to contribute to the finances of a movie of you being replaced as the lead um in Terminator type situation because dude, just to see you try and save the world just rolling up blunts while you're like riding on a motorcycle, I-, I would I really want to see this film. so maybe we'll we'll start something with that. But to what you said about it being controlled in the cities, i, I think you've really hit on a on a massive idea here that actually is brilliant. So uh, I I kind of want to pick that apart a little bit. Um, so when whenever we talk about choice and free will, um, what I've been saying from the beginning, if you want to feed into this, and a lot of people say this, this isn't just me, but for my audience, we've been going on this journey for a while, that if you want to feed into that, you're absolutely welcome to, but you don't have to. Like it's not, yeah, it's coercion, but it's it's still your choice, right, ultimately. And to the larger scale of this, um, taking it to where... There are people, admittingly, that don't want fuck all to do with anything extra. They want to fit in, they want to fall in line, they want to be a part of that, and that's fine. And what's interesting about it is maybe this is the ultimate kind of like play in your own yard kind of thing with this idea that people in these smart cities, which yeah, they scare the shit out of you in the, you know, the great reset and this Klaus Schwab douchebag and all that. And, uh, they can scare the shit out of you about it if you want to get scared about it and just even a side off of that just to what you said about not even researching smart cities and learning how they operate and work because you don't even want to be that familiar with them because it's that far out of your, your reality fucking awesome I adore that perspective because that's what I'm saying. Like To this idea, all the people like us have a beautiful place in nature to go. All the people who don't give a fuck all about nature and just want to fall in line in the system and their cars and their football games and all that shit, which again, there's nothing wrong with. But if they want to do that, they're actually being provided a place to go do that. And even better, it's going to be a totalitarian regime that locks you down, that tracks everywhere you go, that you're going to be social credit score. You know, uh, govern me harder, daddy, right? And so it's like this idea of well you do get what you want and we get the ultimate freedom because they're gonna just leave us the fuck alone and they're gonna not only do that but they're gonna provide like a you know like those uh lamps that you put outside where the flies attract to it and they get zapped that's what they do for douchebags so they put these douchebag city lamps all over the place and then yeah just stay the fuck out of them and you're gonna be just fine it's the ultimate choice i love this idea i love it
1: well and i i think you know there's a lot I agree with in what you just said, but there's a lot <laughs> I disagree with. Otherwise I wouldn't be like in that thought mindset in the first place. Cause like, yeah, I think I think that's right. You know, we have to be uh rested on our own will and you know responsible for our actions and the consequences of our actions. But at the same time, these uh government uh government, you know, agents, if we'll just simplify it down to that label. Uh, they're working on, you know, a grid of control, which I don't think is going to, you know, afford us the the liberty of just like, oh, yeah, we can just hang out in the woods while every like they're going to try to push people into the cities, force them into the cities and hunt down whoever's in the natural spaces under the guise of like, oh, well, we need to protect the environment. Right. So not that I'm like putting my head in the sand. I'm going to go start a hippie commune and run around in the woods. But like, that's where my focus needs to be. If I want to live in touch with nature, I need to take on the globalists on that front. Like, how are they going to be messing with, you know? And if, if what you say is true, which I don't, what I didn't agree with is like, it's okay. Like I know. I, 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 it's your show. So no, that's my favorite that. part of it is that it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I I have to listen to my mom and and my family go like, oh, football, this and that. Like, they love football. And I I don't like sports at all. So I don't see that as a positive. I see it as like, oh, there's some conspiracies in there. And and yeah, we're going to offend a bunch of people by getting into that topic. So maybe we'll save it for another day. Yeah. But. So I, I I appreciate it and I understand why you say that, but like I'm I'm more I'm I'm very radical about that kind yeah. of stuff, and that's why my my family thinks I'm crazy. Because when the sports game is on, I'm like, fuck this, you know. Like, <laughs> so there is an attitude of of that and an element of that, and you know, I don't want to totally turn around and go back on what I said, but I do think that ignorance is not bliss. So not that I don't want to know all the ins and outs of the smart cities, but I want to know everything I can to keep myself out or keep myself safe from whatever's coming from that. Right. And, and I don't know, man, I I just, I don't want to, again, gravitate into the the fear mindset because that's kind of what we're talking about and why it's detrimental. But there is that element of like, where am I going to go? I was born into a place that was kind of it's kind of like stuck in between New York City and Boston. And, and it doesn't seem like a good time to go and like just drive out in the middle of nowhere right now. Like, I, you know, I'm kind of in a in a point where I want to find a new place to live, but nowhere seems right <laughs> you know, so that's kind of my mindset. I know when I was younger, I'm like, yeah, cities, I would love to be in a city, you know, hang out with friends all the time, be around people all the time, always doing fun stuff. But over time, as I've grown, I've gotten to really um, respect the peace and the comfort of being out in your own rural area. You know, when I say own, I mean your own, as in like you look around, and no one is there. You're all the way out there on your own, you know. Like I think there's enough space on this planet for all of us to have a little piece of land that we can steward and maintain. How are we going to get there? I don't know, because it seems to me like the globalists like we kind of said are pushing people into smart cities and then clearing the forests and 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 leaving uh all access, you know, only based on their permission. You can't go there unless you're allowed to, unless you're a researcher, unless you're a park ranger, unless you're a, and you know, I'm not cool with that. I don't want to be a refugee. Uh, I don't want to be a terrorist just for going into the forest, you know, like that's, it's just, uh, a bold, bold new world we're living in. A brave new world, I should say.
0: <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Now, I am a chronic optimist, and sometimes, you know, um, to a default probably, but... I'm going to just explore this a little bit further with you because I think that the only part that we diverge in your idea is where they start hunting people. I do think that they're definitely going to coerce, uh, because they already do that, right? But um, I do think that they're going to coerce as many people into the cities, if they're established in this model, right, uh, as they can, of course, because that's power for them, that's workforce, that's labor, that's all that stuff. And that's why the systems in place maintain these this bread and circus and shit make it enticing. Same thing with the people that got the boop boop. Um, that, that's the same thing. That's Like this, make sure you do this and make sure. And it's more ridiculous and more ridiculous. But it becomes so to us as well. And so the thing about it is, is that maybe that's part of this. It's to divide this mental split and why things feel so weird right now is because the split is happening further and further. And it's not a split like race or anything like that. What it is, is it's a split in lifestyle choice. So it's got nothing to do with race or you know sexual affiliation or, or orientation or anything like that it just has to do with okay do you want to live free and out in the you know nature and do more things that commune with nature and on all of that stuff or do you want to live in this you know uh shit city and just have everything like fed to you and all your rights stripped and we'll just make all your decisions for you it just seems like that maybe and that's why i got so excited about the model i was kind of like yeah yeah you guys go live over there and then maybe all these places that they keep us out of now is to keep the douchebags out later for whenever they do roll this out. And that's now what we have access to. It's like, they're keeping it safe for us. You know, maybe Mm. it's that like fun, you know, maybe it'd be that awesome. I
1: don't know. I like it. No, I'm, I'm with it. I think that's, it's, you know, it's interesting being in the conspiracy, you know, mindset and only have interacted with like an actual conspiracy, a couple times, you know what I mean. Like we, are we're, we're really like looking at these things from a speculative and historical basis. Like these are things that we're we're discussing based on other things that other people have said. You know, right. we weren't at nine eleven on on ground zero. We weren't in um, you know Dallas when JFK got shot. But we can discuss those things and gain you know some insight and and have greater clarity for the world that we're in. And when it comes to something like, like that, I think, you know, we all know what it's like to be in a city and we all know what it's like to be for the most part, I hope in a nature, natural space. And the contrast is pretty apparent. And I think that's kind of the energy trap, you know, more people are born into that disconnected state then things like football, then things like gambling, then things like, you know, drinking in excess and, 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 you know, wasting time. I would say it's a waste of time. Uh, just kind of like living in revelry for the moment, you know, which is great. I like, I'm all for living for the, the now, but that's because I'm like constantly striving for something, you know, okay. there's this sense of like, uh complacency but like happiness and joy in that like oh well we're just all just worker bees and there's nothing that we're you know like when you're in that area it feels like a loose trap right that's the term that i feel like people are are vibing with lately and You know, it's not always obvious to the people who are in it, you know, and they they have like a a philosophy of like nihilism that they're not really aware (laughs) that they have, you know, like they don't even know that that's what they're they're vibing with this kind of nihilistic philosophy and I think what you and I are idealists, you know, we see the world for the ideals, yeah. not for the, the lows. We see it for the highs and what we can strive for and and being an artist or being a creative, you know, you kind of want to put something out there and, and always constantly um, make it as best as you can and improve upon that, you know, whatever it is, music, art a podcast. Right. And I think there's something uh, about conformity that this city brings to where that even that is suffocated a little bit, you know, because it's just something about being in a crowd, you know, this crowd that it doesn't uh, cater to the enlightenment that I think we're seeking through this podcast, the listeners of this podcast And through uh, the conversations that you've had, many with a bunch of brilliant people, I mean, obviously there's a a sense of like, I don't know everything and I could know more, right? Absolutely. I think people are being kind of bred to get that out of them. I don't know. And that's why I feel like there's a hunting down. Because Mm -hmm. the empire, maybe it's not a physical hunting down, but the empire as it will like the ever present empire is never uh, for that sort of enlightenment. They're always looking to turn, you know, you down a dead end. So you never reach that point because there's something so powerful in that, that I think threatens the very core of what is going on with these smart cities, with the empire, with the government, the temporal control, you know, and that's why ley lines, stone rows, all these buildings have become so fascinating for me lately because those objects, those buildings, these things on the earth, you know, are literally the skeleton of our living planet. You know, like we both have minerals in our bodies as our skeletons gives us form. It gives us rigidity and durability so we're not like a, a slug who can just, you know, unfortunately get stomped on and his whole life is gone in an instant. You know, I was uh, I was just taking a walking stick, you know, and and sanding it. And there is this poor little slug on there who got sanded away. And I felt Aww. so bad that I like smeared him, you know, but tis the nature of of its being. And I think the earth is not at all (laughs) a slug. It's an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly complex organism that we're all a part of. And I think as creators or creative uh, beings, we can add to that skeletal structure of the earth in the form of buildings, in the form of stone structures. And I think just like our nervous system kind of um, converges with our skeletal system in the sense that the pathways that our skeletal system creates are like the, the, the foundation for the other uh, channels of different parts of our bodies and nervous system being the one that carries electricity. Uh, it's responsible for our thoughts, you know, and like everybody always talks about how we're however much percent water And so is the earth, right? So there's a very clear reflection here, a microcosm, macrocosm, if you will. Your body, if you understand how it works, you can extrapolate that onto the world around you. So are we starting to get the picture here with the virus and how they've warped our sense of how we operate on a microcosm level and a macrocosm level, and vice versa, on and on and on, there's a sort of uh, negative percussion reflection that goes on where they they warp our sense of how our bodies work and then they that in turn warps our sense of how our planet works and in turn warps our sense of how our body works. So I think getting down to that root of agape that I brought up at the beginning and and understanding yourself, on an intimate level. And I mean, trusting your intuition over the authority that's been imposed on you when you were born and raised and grew up. And we're told, no, you're not smart enough to think for yourself. These books will show you, you know, and you get a book shoved in your face and a pencil in your hand, and you're meant to, you know, follow the orders and, and Bow down to that authority, you know, when really your inner self, your inner child, your inner voice is is always connected to the higher and the all and the, you know, omniscience or the omnipotence. And I think, you know, people use the term like the Akashic record to discuss that. Right. But what I've seen in a hermetic way is like when you understand things on a microcosm level and extrapolate that to a macrocosm, that is a big, that's a big tool in the toolbox. Being able to use that hermetic law was essential to where I was and where I am now, you know? So I think how the ley lines, how the skeletal structure of the planet works, I'm not hundred percent certain on it yet. But given what we know about our skeletal structure, I think it's very important you know and i think that there's a certain um manipulation that's gone on with buildings where they create structures that we gravitate around and it's like a um you know prophecy they're they're like prophesizing what the future that they want it to be and then putting it into action you know and i think that's what's so interesting about the whole virus thing it's like it fits right into the, the climate change stuff and this idea of like an infection or, you know, and, and really, I think the term parasite is the most important one to use. Virus, no, but parasite, yes, there is clearly a parasite hmm. here in the human collective consciousness and in the planet. It's not a virus. It's a parasite. It's this being that exists because the rest of the organism is in a state of um, dis-ease, right? I think that's primarily what we're dealing with and why they put so much emphasis on the idea of a virus or a foreign invader that's harming us is because it fits in psychologically to that model of authority and control paradigm that they've presented to us for however many hundreds of years in order to keep us you know as sheeple (laughs) but the parasite model versus the virus model i think brings more uh, clarity to it because we understand now that our state of disease is not uh fatal it's not um you know it's not infinite it's totally, there's a solution and it's removing that parasite or bringing that parasite, you know, out of the the homeostasis of the whole, you know, because its presence is like magnetizing the rest of the organism into a disease state. I mean, does that mean parasites shouldn't exist? I don't know. I'm not, you know, they exist for a reason, but I think on a huge huge macrocosm level there is like a parasitic planetary force here on the planet doing something and i don't know if the only solution is to like eject it out into space (laughs) or out uh, past the the dome you know however you want whatever you think it is right yeah whatever your model is for the world you know i think that is more true than this idea of like a virus and you know
0: it's, it's kind of like the virus is a great metaphor for the ultimate lie. And it's kind of like the great Hegelian dialect, but on a huge scale, right? We talk about problem, reaction, solution all the time, where they create the problem. We, as a populace, the mass populace, that 80% we were talking about, responds. And then they're like, oh, well, we'll just do this. And a lot of it has to do with stripping you of your more more things that make you authentic and you. I will not even say your rights and freedoms, because those should be innate. So, um, But what's interesting about this model is that it works on a huge scale. Number one, you lie to them. The problem is is that they don't know who they really are what this place really is. So you lie to them at their core, and it only takes a few generations to do this. Uh, There was this interesting study with monkeys I'll tell you about here in a second. But it's interesting that then your problem turns into the reaction of, well, then we have disease, we have these issues in society, we have these uh, divides against all of us, this unauthenticity that we gravitate towards simply because we don't know what we really are, while we're here, but someone else does know this, and they're the ones that put the control system in place. And then the solution to that is is to then further push this totalitarian thing. So it's like that model, but on a huge scale, having to do with everything. It's not even in these microcosms, because as above, so below. So maybe that idea, as above, would also be on the biggest scale possible, which is everything. So the study about monkeys and why this is interesting whenever we talk about people who uh, lie to us about our past and we don't really know where we come from or who we are, but someone else does. There's a study done to where they put, I think, four monkeys in a cage with a ladder leading up to the top of the cage where there were bananas suspended at the top. Okay. Now, um, what happened was is when one monkey went for the on the ladder, he climbed it to get up to the bananas. He The scientists or the researchers sprayed the other monkeys that were off of the ladder with cold jets of water and just made them miserable and freaked out until they grabbed that monkey and pulled him down and beat the piss out of him, right? So then what happened was, is the next time any monkey went up there for that, they grabbed the monkey and beat the piss out of him because they got sprayed with the water and they could remember that. They pulled one monkey away, then another monkey would come in, and then it would repeat the same process. Now, eventually, there were no monkeys that had been sprayed with water whatsoever, in this cage. But all of them beat the piss out of any monkey that climbed that ladder to get to those bananas. So what's interesting about this is that we don't even know why we react the way that we do. We don't even know what the purpose of the way that we're feeling is. And now I think a lot of folks like me and you, it's intuitive that something's not right here, that there's something better uh, that we can explore as far as a concept and everyone else is really not only asleep, but completely opposed To discomforting themselves with the idea of changing the perfect system that's that they've got, right? And so whenever you look at models like this on scales that big, that's why we question the things like the shape of the earth and shit. That's why we question like what the fuck is going on here, you know? It's because we get to a place in our research, and I'm sure with your you're the same way. You get to your place here and you're like, Okay, well, maybe all of it's fucking bullshit and maybe they're lying about everything, you know, and then what are we? And then you're left to your own devices to figure that out on your own. And it's interesting, man. It's just an interesting model. Uh, And I'm glad you pointed it out. So that's really cool.
1: Well, and, you know, thank you for adding to it because you're reminding me, you know, that 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 little uh, allegory that I put out there was incomplete. And I think you're absolutely right that that viruses are analogous to lies in many ways, you know. And and I think that you know everything I've learned about them is that they're Rh, you know, they're these RNA type, to, like non-organic things that attach to organic things to complete that DNA uh, structure because it's missing. It's like one strand, and 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 in theory, if it had to it would be a more complex organism thus that is its you know life cycle it goes it it tries to combine and and grow itself how true that is i don't know but i think when we're getting into the science of of dna and genes and all of this stuff it is very murky and it comes back to uh some weird, weird stuff from ancient times, you know, where they're talking about chimeras, they're talking about, you know, creating man and and it being, you know, sort of a weird like uh, Dr. Moreau process yeah. with like parts of animals, you know, <laughs> but I think what we're really talking about there is alchemy and how we are You know, one part mineral, one part vegetable, another part animal and a fourth part, you know, God or creation or, you know, if you want to look at from the elements, you know, where air, fire, water, earth and ether, you know, I think no matter what culture you're looking at, there's a sort of holistic understanding there as to uh, the kind of collective nature of Reality, where we're like a sum of all of the parts and i think adding certain materials like graphite that could possibly blacken the gold that is our soul's potential to that lead saturnian state that could be an element here you know i don't i'm not sure i'm not you know again trying to like insert fear where there isn't a need for it, but that definitely feels like part of it. It feels to me like the people that we've trusted as doctors have, A, taken the holistic model of healing and inverted it, and then B, suppressed anybody who wasn't following that inversion. Now, within that, there's been a lot of great things done. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have been helped by hospitals, but I don't think that it's it's anything different than what those holistic doctors could have done if their processes weren't inverted and then uh, suppressed. Like me, I have a, a you know a a part in my wrist made out of cobalt chrome because I broke my wrist on a skateboard, you know, like I regret that I want to get that thing out. I feel like it's, you know, not really a part of my, my body, you know, but that choice was pushed upon me by the hospital in that state of pain. And I went with it, you know, and I I do regret it in some ways, but I think that, you know, possibly they were right. Possibly they were wrong. There's like an actual uh, experience there for me where I'm torn. I'm not just somebody who's observing this from the outside. Like I am a victim of the medical malpractice industry, or another way to look at it is that I've been healed by the medical industry. Right. (laughs) You know, there's two ways to look at it, but either way, that thing they put in my wrist, not cheap, probably more expensive than my car. And, uh, and, and B, like, you know, it's, it's cobalt, like comes from a, uh, Africa, you know, in like a mine, like some kid probably helped mine this out of the ground, you know, an ore that they went and refined and turned into cobalt because cobalt doesn't degrade inside of a, you know, it's, it's biocompatible. It's one of these biocompatible minerals like titanium, you know, is another one that they use. I think when you see that, you start to understand the whole picture of things, you know, it's, it can leave you with an unsettling feeling, but at the same time, there's that reverse that like, Oh wait, everything is kind of organic too. Like even the computers we're using are made from things that come from the earth. So, so not, you know, not everything, um, has that moral component. I think it's, it's us as the, you know, uh, interactor or the creator that, has that moral component that gets added to it and i think it's important i guess for us to not um equate that moral component with the uh objective when it's really a subjective thing in the sense of like it's it's you you're bringing that element or whoever interacted with it too is bringing that element and you know i'm not saying that there aren't evil people out there but like if you're vibrating on love there is no interaction with evil possible in my opinion i think love supersedes that Uh, and it even supersedes like the materials that were possibly created for malintent i mean a weapon is a great example of that a weapon can hurt somebody and ruin some a family's life and and destroy people's lives but at the same time it can protect someone's life it could save someone's life and i think that's like The uh, the moral dilemma of our age and of our like use of all of these materials and what the powers that be want is for less and less and less people to be in on that decision, because the more people that are in on that decision, the more it's going to gravitate towards love. That's why they're just trying to control it down to the smallest group of people because they're the most manipulative and or manipulatable and they're able to, you know, keep these people in that fear mindset. And if those fear mindset people are the people at the top of the pyramid, well, then the whole world's kind of pushing towards that way, you know? So I don't know if I'm, I'm very coherent with my point, but maybe you can, Sort of back me up there.
0: <laughs> I, I back you up 100%, and you were very coherent with it because I, I hear you. Now, back to the medical uh, specifically. Whenever uh, people talk about, so Greg Carwood actually, and I'm not going to tell his story, guys. Go check out his show, but he just had a little girl. Congratulations to him and his wife. They're doing great. Uh, they had kind of an interesting time with that. But again, I'm not going to tell his story. But even then, the very natural, very holistic body, if it weren't for medicine, Uh, Things would have been a lot different or for, you know, traditional medicine, things would have been a lot different. So what's interesting about this whole perspective is, is that we want the most natural thing possible. Right. But I think what we're really looking for is the most authentic and the most honest. So the problems that we have as who we are, like I, I definitely will include myself in that is going to like a hospital or something. Is it that we understand a lot of lies that occur there? But there's also some truths there too. But the way we feel about the system and the lies outweighs our ability to trust. The average person within that system, that it's going to be for our best benefit, or that at least something nefarious isn't going to happen, right? I mean, they charge you ten thousand dollars for a bag of saline, right? Even that, it's like, come on, you know, it's just shitty. Um, but there's there's a lot of distrust within that. But what I th- what I hope that we're all moving to is this place to where we can incorporate these ideas with each other rather than battle each other. But it's all based on whatever works best, and all of that is subjective, meaning that now you're offering opportunities to everyone. No one, there's no one cure for everything everyone operates in a different way everyone requires something different to be healed and especially even in order because now we're talking about mental health all of those things play a factor in the physiological makeup of your body and so to viruses and things like that those are in some people's observations, some scientists some doctors i think that it's uh you know we talk about terrain versus germ theory um uh, The germ theory kind of lends itself to just on its origins, on how it's pushed so hard, on what occurs when that happens. As long as you zoom out from it just a little bit, you can see what's wrapped up in that narrative, that you're icky, you're dangerous. And that's what is interesting, just to now go to the transhuman part of it with that whole thing as well because it seems like the less authentic they want everything the better off they are but we crave authenticity and so that's where really like this this split will occur in the whole transhuman thing but also and Jim Gale and I were talking about this we don't want to throw all the technology out it's not that it's bad we could use it in the future we're using it now we kind of work within the matrix but what you want to do is get rid of the matrix and keep all their toys like keep all the shit you know because there are people out there that do want to, there are great nurses that are just out there to help and there are great people out there that are designing technologies that do wonderful things for humanity and that don't have a nefarious end to them. The problem is is the people that fund them, who owns them, and then what you know that they're probably appropriated for. I heard on Matrix Assassins, great show by the way, uh, These uh, they were talking about uh, Dell computers and how they gave a Dell computer to all of these kids as a free computer, but it really served as a data collection and spying you know apparatus for the households of every individual that they gave those computers to so it's it's kind of like that it's like well what do we trust you know we dig the computers it's a nice thing but it wasn't done altruistically they gave people a computer so that they could be spied on not to do something nice for these children who maybe you know get an education out of it as well but that it's got a nefarious into it which is where this lack of trust comes in so i'm with you on the split of like do we trust the medical community how do we integrate it with more homeopathic strategies and i think just really the answer is just everybody to be honest with each other we take the best of all of it because none of it's 100 percent right and none of it 100 percent works for anyone so you just get a little bit more honest with yourself society you know
1: well and and that's the that's the big you know the economics topic and it's like, you know, are we living in a, uh, an economy that incentivizes honesty? I would say probably not. Right. So (laughs) that's, that's, I think one of the larger issues, but also government is totally responsible for that in so many ways. I mean, just the uh, you know, and everything I've been learning about the indigenous cultures here and the way they handled, um, you know, their affairs with one another wasn't all perfect either. I mean, they would fight each other, kill each other, do all kinds of stuff and uh, come together in great, you know, times of like peace and like huge, huge, like, uh, you know, a confederacy as they called it of, of people who who came together for good things, you know, and I think that that spirit was sort of hijacked a little bit in the founding of this country. That's some of what I've been looking into and it's all sort of new to me. I don't want to come out and talk about a lot of it, but I definitely think that we're finding out more and more that the authenticity that you're talking about, I think it's something that permeates from the land. I think that, Mm -hmm. that, that skeleton that I was talking about, I think they hijack it with these buildings to, create that disconnection and thus that unauthenticity or you know phoniness is more permissible for the average person and they they can get into that sort of um sort of manipulated reality that the empire creates whereas in the past when that skeletal structure was weaker people were like, no, I'm, I'm going to go start my own group. I'm going to start my own community, you know? And now they've kind of like in the past 50 years, they've kind of like pushed people away from that with the whole idea of like a cult always ending up as a bad thing, which I don't disagree with. I think there's so many examples of cults that have ended very terribly. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not pushing for that, but I think there's definitely an aspect of like intentional community living that you don't hear about like there's all kinds of intentional communities across the united states where people come together for uh you know the common goals of just living in a a place with food and and happy people and 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 everybody's getting along i mean and it's not race it's not race based it's not religious based it's just human based you know and they don't show that they never show that they they show people you know, in, in million dollar houses who are isolated from each other, you know, and they say, that's the ideal. We need to strive for that. You need to strive to be in the, the in the mansion, in the yacht and the jet liner, you know, and they never show you, uh, <laughs> these people who are living excellent lives. I mean, from when we had our first conversation, it sounds to me like you have a very cool setup over there. Great. And I Yeah. And like, that's something that people should strive for, you know, is, is being connected to the land, having self-sufficiency, having a community, uh, depending on your personality. Some people like being a little more isolated or a little, a little more space. I'm probably one of those people for sure. I don't know if that's just a reaction from where I've grown up being kind of in the megalopolis as I call it, but it's like, it's definitely, a lot more available than they'd like us to to think, I think
0: completely agree and I think that what you crave is the option of isolation, but the access to people when you want it and that's the same thing that I like <clears throat> We have that out here, but we live in you know what we prefer more then the percentage of, as if we would have to escape to it, like a lot of people do, right? They leave the city to go camping for the weekend, but they're kind of stuck there. Uh, not not really, because you can do whatever you want, but they feel stuck there, and so that's why they haven't moved yet. But uh, then you go back to the city, and then you're involved in that environment. We just did the flip-flop. We can go in the city anytime we want, and we do that. But it's like we get to have it like we want, which is in small doses. It's perfect. It's like, I'm not forced to go. I'm just like, and all right, that was fun. Uh, let's get back out, you know, and go hang out with some donkeys. Um, So we're probably going to wrap it up here, man. I feel like I could talk to you forever about everything. We didn't even get to like the quickening and the observer effect. And I just think that you and I just should do this every now and then, man, um, to unravel the uh, mysteries of the universe, or at least talk about them a little bit.
1: I'm down. Thank cool. you. Yeah, this was Definitely fun. I didn't know that those were on the uh, on the the docket for topics to talk about. But anytime you want to have me on, to get into that, I think the observer effect is is something I've played around with in my life, and and I've called it the law of attraction. But really, I mean, if if we're gonna really get down to it, it's all the same thing, you know. It's like you put awareness or intention into something. And that's it. Like, that's everything you do in the world at any given moment. You're putting awareness and intention out. Like, if you're not in control of that, someone else might be. And you should consider, like, who is and, like, why you're doing what you're doing and whether those things are helping you with those higher intentions that listening to the Expanding Reality podcast is starting to. Bring into the picture of like, oh, this is possible. I don't have to work this shitty nine to five job and I can create a life outside of the grid for myself. And, and that's to me, the observer effect is like observing the reality that you want to live in and then getting there because you kind of harmonize with that frequency rather than the frequency of your immediate circumstances.
0: Mark Steves, the host of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, creator of the absolutely incredible Alt Media United. And I will be linking all of the ways to find you down in the show notes. An incredible conversation, brother. I can't thank you enough. And you are welcome here any damn time you want.
1: Thank you, sir. And I will most likely put this out as a swapcast a couple weeks after you release it. And, uh, and so for folks listening on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, please go over. And show some love to my man, Brandon Thomas, host of the Expanding (laughs) Reality Podcast. And you know, you can find them on altmediaunited.com, the only podcast cooperative you need to know about. I mean, are there any others? I don't think so, but we're the the ones that that you should trust because we're all about the the truth.
0: Yeah, or at least a pursuit of it. We'll at least be honest with you if we know it or not, you know, right? (laughs) But uh, dude, thank you so much, man. Definitely do this again, brother. Right on. Want to give a huge shout out to Mark Steves for coming by and spending some good vibes on us. Uh, That dude is just chill as hell. His show is wonderful, guys. Check the show notes down there. Uh, to follow him a little bit more he's just got an awesome perspective we love his energy and as you can tell from that if you didn't know who mark was before this there you go he's a great dude and uh, welcome to his experience of reality it's an awesome one so join him on that ride so uh, as for this show guys uh, go down in the show notes and check out expanding realitypodcast.com. down there is links to all of the socials everything that you need to know to expand your experience on the show here with us uh, right next to Mark's stuff so go down there find mark steves go down there find our shit, there you go. That's where it's at. Uh, go out into this beautiful place, whatever the fuck this is, guys, and uh, y'all just be nice to everybody that you come across. Pick up a piece of litter, uh, buy a coffee or a meal in line behind you or around you or anything like that. You know, just be, be cool in this little minor way. It, it makes a massive impact, and I know uh, because some of you have let me know that you do uh, said that you do this and you write in and I really appreciate that. So Great job, guys. I'm very proud of you. Soul Tribe represent. Also, while you're out there representing, get the fuck out of the left-hand lane it's annoying as shit and we all know that by now Uh, but beyond all that guys go out into this beautiful place whatever the fuck it is and y'all just be a good to one another thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time